0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support
1: WrestleTalk.
0: Give us a subscribe.
1: Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey,
0: it's professional wrestler Colt. Boom boom, Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J. Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it bro support ollie support luke support wrestle talk support wrestle talk home of luke owen whatever wrestle talk is and whoever luke owen is both the raven
2: never
1: more hello and welcome to the wrestle talk podcast i am luke owen and i'm joined by denise salcedo hey denise
2: what's up glad to be back
1: how have you been how's your week been
2: it's been pretty good i'm uh looking forward to this weekend actually even though it's going to be really really hot but it's been a good weekend
1: okay okay well we'll get into that when we get to the outro portion of the podcast because we've got some big news to talk about nxt possibly moving to tuesday nights should they do it here is the show this kind of comes from like we've heard for like a a couple of months now or a couple of weeks at the very least um that usa network and wwe have been thinking about moving nxt to tuesday nights the reports have been that uh usa network have been very unhappy with the nxt ratings being beaten by aew on a near weekly basis and so they were looking to try and find a way to shake that up that came in the forms of changing up the writing team uh, changing up sort of the booking of the show and now it looks to be that one of the next moves is to move it off wednesday nights and move it to tuesday nights because this week they were on tuesday nights they're on tuesday next week and man the ratings for this week's nxt were to the moon they were through the roof baby like they were they were really really good Um, Meltzer reported on Wrestling Observer Radio from day one, every single person knew that if they put NXT on television on Thursday or Tuesday, it would draw significantly more than it would on Wednesday. They weren't put on television to build a brand. They were put on television to make sure that AEW went out of business. And obviously in January, things changed. January, TNT announced that they were extending out their deal with AEW, including adding in a second show. Russell votes have tweeted over the past month or so. Discussions have transpired regarding NXT moving off Wednesday nights. The numbers over the next two weeks might have some impact on this decision, which has been backed up by SRS on Fightful Select, saying the USA floated the idea and WWE have been receptive. So, Denise, what do you think? Do you think that uh, NXT should move from Wednesday nights, end the Wednesday night war, and move to Tuesday nights permanently?
2: So given that the numbers they just don't lie. I mean NXT's NXT's ratings were up to 849,000. So it's like almost I mean think about it this way. If there okay, so there's two perceptions. This is what I'm trying to say out here. There's a short-term perception and there's a long-term perception right now of whether or not what would happen if NXT moved over? So the short-term perception is obviously like, oh, if they switch dates, it's going to be like, oh, they sort of look bad because because AEW didn't move dates. They moved their dates because they couldn't beat AEW. So that would be like the short-term perception, I think, of what people would see this as however long term I think that it would be a lot better for them to actually move their dates because I mean the numbers they don't lie if they're getting bigger numbers going on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday then why not however I do know that obviously that the reason you just said it that they're the reason why they put NXT on Wednesdays was to combat AEW however I just think that it does not look good that they're not not winning up against aew so i think that given that their numbers went up there is a lot of pros to them actually moving their date
1: yeah no i I completely agree like the the report always was that nxt obviously it was a wednesday night product where it was on the network but it was moved to usa not to really beat aew but to like hurt their ratings and kind of like take viewers away from their show And I don't think that's particularly happened. Like what we've sort of found, like looking at the ratings patterns was that NXT viewers were just watching NXT and AEW viewers were sort of switching over during the ad breaks, but it wasn't quite reciprocated, but it hasn't been like the dominating thing that I think they thought it might've been because they are the WWE product. So AEW have gone out there. They've won most of the, the weeks I'd say probably like 90% of the weeks, I would say. And, this week's show like not only did they draw massive you know much bigger ratings than they normally would do importantly they were up to a 0.26 in the 18 to 49 demographic they finished 10th overall in that category on cable which is the highest the show has finished since the first couple of weeks on usa when they were running unopposed uh, and the rating was up nearly 10 percent from last week it's one of the highest they've had since december last year so you, I mean, you put it there, Scott Steiner said it best. The numbers don't lie. Yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. And like USA, are the, you know, they're looking at their investors. They're looking at their advertisers who are buying adverts on this show that they said, oh, it's going to get these numbers and it hasn't. So moving it to a Tuesday night where they're going to appease those advertisers and WWE can appease USA and they can work out this nice relationship. I think it just makes complete sense. As you said, as a long-term investment, I think it's completely the wiser move.
2: Yeah, and it just it sucks, though, because I obviously if they move, people are going to be like, you know, all the people that are anti WWE are going to be like, haha, does that mean AEW one and nobody wants to have that perception on their back. But I just do think that would be the smarter idea, especially if they if the network wants it, and they feel that they can get more hits out of it. And, you know, I could only assume that WWE doesn't want AEW to hit that 1 million viewership mark. But here's the thing, if they hit it, that doesn't mean that they're not that there's not a possibility that they can hit it if they were to switch dates. And then also, like I was thinking back when impact was on spike, they had very, very loyal viewers that were coming in, they were always hitting the 1 million mark, you know, 1.3 It didn't matter if, if they were, you know, taken, they were they had to change dates because of a sporting game, or if it was a holiday, they always had that very, very dedicated fan base. And I don't necessarily think that them having those high numbers took away from wwe so if anything if aew were to get these high numbers i don't necessarily think it takes away from wwe because you still have all of those fans that are interested in the product and it 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 was so much easier to watch aew and nxt on separate nights like it made it so much easier for me personally because when i've tried the i've tried the double screen watching at the same time and i find myself missing half of each show and then I have to go back and watch the parts that I didn't catch necessarily, or I only paid attention to 50% of it because I was watching something else. So, if anything, for me as a fan, it makes it that much easier to have it on separate nights uh, to watch the product differently. And I just also think that, you know, just the, obviously, too, the different demographics that they're attracting is a big, is a big issue because you know they're not attract WWE is not attracting that younger audience and so i think that necessarily has to be fixed more within the actual product versus just changing dates
1: exactly yeah so like the 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 young audience that 18 to 49 demographic which i'm I'm still within i'm still within (laughs) that 18 to 49 um although i'm I'm inching closer to that top bracket um They were choosing to watch AEW over NXT. They were switching over during the ad breaks, but the bulk of the show they had picked to watch AEW. But what we've seen now is moving to Tuesday nights. that AEW audience were just watching the show on Tuesday. They were just watching the wrestling on Tuesday because they want to watch NXT, but they were being told you only have an option to watch either one. Like you, I've only tried to do the dual screen thing once. Uh, and that was the January 4th, 2010 uh, episodes of Raw and Impact when Impact first went on to, to Monday. Uh, and it was the big, you know, like when RVD came, like debuted and Jeff Hardy was this that, and the other Ric Flair. And it was impossible to watch. Like I just found myself in the end, like I watched the Brett Sean segment at the start of the show <laughs> and then I just ended up watching Impact. Um, exactly.
2: So... <laughs> you end up you end up watching more of one than the other.
1: Yeah, it, it's I can't do it. Um, speaking of Impact, uh, NXT moving to Tuesday night has had a bit of an impact on that show. Uh, according to PW Torch, the September 1st episode of Impact, which was going you know head-to-head as- effectively with NXT, uh, drew 102,000 viewers, which was down from the 171,000 viewers that the show had the previous week. And the show has been like averaging about 155 for the last eight weeks or so. The lowest they've had was 134. So Turns out, Impact moving to Tuesday nights hasn't had a detrimental effect on Impact.
2: Oh, yeah, no, for sure. But here's the thing, though, is that right now, I feel that even though Impact is a great product and they've been, you know, being, they're very, very consistent with the work and they've been consistent for years. However, I just feel that they are underneath the radar of AEW and WWE right now. The ratings, they just don't compare. So it's kind of like, I think at this point right now, they're getting by with the buzz that they have right now and trying to make the best of it. But I don't necessarily think that they, you know, line up right now with AEW and WWE. So it's almost like you can't like, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt them to lose that. 50k or whatever so every week but i think at this point there's just such a big difference in the viewership that it kind of just doesn't it has to take somebody's gonna have to take the l and it's gonna have to be them if they were to go on tuesdays but i do think that the only way for impact to even just you know get back up there would have to be to get on a better network
1: yeah i think you might be right on that one Uh, and actually from a sort of purely selfish perspective um, running this channel or helping run this channel when you've got two big shows that are both running on Wednesday nights was a pain in the ass to review the following day. Like, we found no real good way of appeasing the NXT fans and the AEW fans who wanted both their reviews done. We, we found kind of no way to do it. And like, YouTube has this three uploads limit of notifications where if you load more than three videos in a day, they won't, they'll just stop sending out notifications for the rest of that day. So, like, with the news and the live streams, this and the other, all of a sudden we just found like, our NXT numbers were just dropping off because it was the last upload of the day. And wow. so it moving to Tuesday nights is going to be so much easier for Wrestle Talk to manage its output.
2: There you go. It's going to help everybody. <laughs> And yeah, and I just think like, hey, might as well do it, and they can start getting bigger numbers. And here's the thing, though, is that I think so many people, like when AEW came along and it started being AEW versus NXT, AEW versus NXT, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, forgot how passionate they were about NXT. I mean, I remember going to the shows where people were like, "This is the best thing that's ever happened in wrestling," and I'm like, "Where is that passion? Like, you guys were watching the." nxt products so maybe some of those people that may have dropped off and are just aew now maybe they can also come back and also watch nxt because the passion was there at one point oh, yeah. And i mean it's not like it's not like nxt is not a good show because they have a great they have a great show and you know great wrestling on there so i feel like this could definitely benefit both and just benefit wrestling as a whole
1: you mentioned earlier as well i completely agree and you mentioned earlier that nxt if it continues to grow might be able to get over that 1 million mark and so can dynamite at this rate like dynamite ran on wednesday nights unopposed uh this week Nine hundred and twenty-eight thousand viewers a 0.36 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic like that is that's big that's an increase of a 000 views from the previous thursday and a huge spike in last week's uh 0.29 in the demo it finished 8 Overall, like Dynamite's first number that they did on TNT was 1.4 million, like 928,000 is not a million miles away from hitting that 1.4 million again. And if they're running unopposed, and one of the things that Meltzer pointed out from that demo is that all the women that were watching uh, the Thursday and the Saturday shows hadn't moved over to the Wednesday night. So if they're able to move the women of like the viewership across that Wednesday night thing, they could easily get back over that one minute mark of more back towards that 1.4 they started with.
2: Yeah. And, you know, here's another interesting thing. So, you know, I have a friend that is, you know, sure only WWE, you know, Team WWE sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I know that he tuned in to watch AEW just this week just to sort of see what the you know, what's what the mm-hmm. landscape is, what's going on. So I mean, this is just one person, obviously, but how many others are probably like that, where it could be either vice versa, it could be like a WWE fan. That's like, you know what, let me tune into a w and see what all the fuss is about. And it could even be an aw fan that could be like, you know what, let me see what NXT is doing. So either even if you're like, oh, I'm team this I'm team that uh, I feel like the curiosity it's always there for everyone so you might find yourself tuning into the other show and being and being like i actually enjoy this let me continue watching so this could be a benefit for like i just said for both people
1: for both brands. we could stop being team wwe team (laughs) aw and we'll be team wrestling (laughs) there
2: there you go because we need more wrestling fans that's that's the truth right there
1: for a second that you're gonna say we need more resting on tv and i was like that's the last oh, thing we need." <laughs> no
2: no more because i am barely keeping up okay i've gotten to the <laughs> point where where i'm like okay i haven't watched this i need to get on that because if not i'm not going to know what's happening at this show and it, everything connects somehow
1: if i take a week off work like uh, what i get back from i'm like oh my god there's too much for me to actually catch up on i'm just going to basically just have to call that a dead week and i will yes. just I will, I can't, there's no time in the world for me to catch <laughs> up with this and watch all the new stuff as well um, yes. it is all out this weekend um what matches are you really looking forward to
2: all right let me pull up the card here so I'm actually looking forward to Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy just because I'm you know there's going to be some comedy involved so I'm very interested into how that's actually going to go down and I you know I really like what Chris Jericho has done in AEW I think that he's definitely one of those personas that has const that it's you're never bored watching Chris Jericho ever. And so I'm very interested in that match. I'm also interested in Jon Moxley versus MJF. I do think that Jon Moxley is going to win, but I'm still interested in how the, oh, are you a difference of opinion?
1: I'm, I'm I'm MJF. I'm team MJF oh. on this one. Yeah, it was, I, I'm starting to get slightly concerned by it as well, because obviously it's you know, very big predictions this weekend. Uh, my job is on the line and Mr. <laughs> Davis has gone for Moxley. And when, then when I did my predictions with Sean um, over on Fightful, he also predicted MJF, which made me feel a hell of a lot better. So I'm-, I'm Oh, so I, now,
2: I, I, am I making you feel worse now?
1: You're me feel worse now. Like, but what I found is really interesting about this is we are seeing a real split in terms of like who people think is is going over, who's gonna win the title, which I think is is a credit to AEW um, and, and the way that they have like, you know, booked both guys and booked this match. And I think it's the same for the tag match as well, is that, It really at this point could go either way.
2: That's true. I can definitely see FTR also taking that win. The only reason, so at first I thought MJF just because he's one of the most talked about personas on AEW. He's one of the most consistent, too. And so I thought, like, okay, he's still hot, he's still hot with what he's doing. So then they might go with him. But the reason why I ended up going with Moxley is just because I do not think it's t- just that right time yet for mjf and i feel like they could still do a whole lot more with moxley so that's why i ended up going with him instead but yeah those are the yeah. matches that i'm looking forward to i hope I, I think jurassic express versus the young bucks should be a fun match full of tons of spots so i'm excited for that as well and then i'm curious about the tooth and nail cinematic oh. match i'm a little bit worried i don't have the highest of Uh, expectations for it so i hope that i hope that it turns out good and then the casino battle royal i'm just like shocked at the amount of talent that's in that match that's not necessarily you know having a singles pro a singles match or something like that so i do i am a little bit interested too in in that as, as well
1: yeah that lineup in that casino battle royale is insane like it's uh you know the lucha brothers are in that match and you're just like why are the lucha why isn't pentagon junior one of the top stars in this company like uh, it, exactly and, but like lax are in there as well and best friends are in there brian cage lance hoyt i'm like craig this is a stacked stacked battle royal
2: it's so crazy to me to think that there are so many people that you just think, oh, they shouldn't be in this battle royal. They should be having an actual match. And like, that's how I feel seeing a lot of these names on here. Like, I'm surprised that they don't have like a non-battle royal match on the card.
0: Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash
0: post. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number.
1: Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to you. Your mobile device, Quizzle Mania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Well. Let's dive into the Patreon mailbag. Thank you to all of you who have submitted your Patreon mailbag questions. If you want to do one of your own, head on over to patreon.com forward slash rust at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community section. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Bad at my job, which I might lose this Saturday, but I'm not going to. Uh, up first, it's Dwayne the Gronk Johnson. So just to clarify... Because we took a week off from doing this I've cherry picked some of the other questions from the Previous week that we might have missed not ones that were Like in reference to SummerSlam because obviously those are Now sort of right. outdated because we've had those But I have cherry picked some of the ones we missed from Last week including Dwayne the Gronk Johnson since going over to USA Network In 2019 I found NXT to Be slightly getting worse in quality It's worth noting that I don't have BT Sports so I don't really have a platform to watch it on. wouldn't necessarily call it bad But I would say that it's becoming more and more Main roster like in terms of booking and presentation. I don't know what it is. I've just been enjoying I just I've not been enjoying NXT as much as I used to after no fans and the move to USA network. Sorry for the big essay I gave you, but I do uh but do you guys think I'm being overly critical or do you also see NXT slightly dipping in quality?
2: I don't think he's being overly critical. And the reason for that is because I think that if you enjoy something, you enjoy it, whether or not it's pitch perfect or whatever, right. And so with that being said, I have noticed a difference in NXT. And that was one of the things that I I remember mentioning before is that I've Feel like they are missing something in the show where it might be right. They have so much talent, so much, so many talented guys on that roster. However, I do feel that we aren't getting as much. uh, I think we need a little bit more story, a little bit more involvement with all of the characters. I think a lot of them are. It's just like. Oh, coming out having this match, okay, but what what is the reason as to why should I, the viewer, care about you? And I think that that's one of the big things that's missing right now in NXT. At least that's one of the things that I have personally noticed, and I've also noticed that oh, um, certain t- talent to me is a little bit too similar. So I kind of want to see a little bit more uh, differences in terms of the characters.
1: I think you could probably in the argument and AEW have been guilty of this as well is because they've been in this Wednesday night war, they've been hot shotting certain things. So you've been putting title matches on TV and you've been putting the big blowaway stuff on TV as opposed to building that to the takeover shows, which is what they were doing previously. Like, I don't know if we'd have had that fatal four way Iron Man match and the the finish that it got to lead into next Tuesday's show if they weren't trying to get a massive number on a Tuesday night. I think exactly. if, they were, if they were still on the network I think they would have just done that match with a finish.
2: Oh yeah, and like I even wonder like would we be would we be getting those types of matches because we've been getting some really great main event takeover matches on NXT. And so with that being said, I mean I personally I think that the big matches are part of the reason why people tune in not just like tune in but they choose to watch the NXT over AEW. It's it's the big matches and promoting it. And they've been they have been doing a real great job though of promoting their following week shows with these big matches. So that I I just, but I do think like more to answer the viewer's question. It's just like if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. You're not necessarily being overcritical because it's easy to enjoy something. And if you're, if you feel like you have to critique it too much, chances are you're just not, you're not feeling it.
1: Uh, Ryan B Bad says uh, Hi guys, how are you? I know a lot of people have brought this topic up and it seems like it's an endless talking point, but I do want to bring up something about AEW's booking of the women's division. First and foremost, I do agree with most of the criticism about its booking such as so not giving them any storylines. However, I think a lot of people, fans and wrestling news people, are too critical of it sometimes injuries and the coronavirus have limited its roster uh like everyone else uh but i think so has the fan reaction i've noticed it doesn't take much for the fans and media to all over it especially on twitter and not realize that they actually have tried to do a lot with this division Everything they do, though, faces backlash. Reho faced backlash; was called Brock Lesnar because of her schedule. Brandy's Nightmare Collective wasn't given a chance. Uh, Nyla faced major backlash from bigots and transphobes. Statlander faced backlash because her uh, people didn't like her gimmick. Britt Baker as a face wasn't given a chance before fans started backlashing against her and calling her AEW Charlotte Flair. I think a lot of the fan backlash to almost every idea to, uh, that AEW has given its women division has made them gun shy to push anyone right now. Gilbert Breaker and Shida as champ seems to be the first thing the fans have given it a chance. Do you think that fan backlash and the heavy criticism about everything that they've done in the division has been warranted? And do you think that's why AEW has been gun shy?
2: So I personally don't think that it's I think it's a combination of lots of things. I've I've said this in the past, but I think that a lot of the women that they had just were not ready yet in terms of character in terms of in ring performance, they were still too green, it just wasn't happening. Uh, I think that they need uh, more female ring generals to work with the women that are not as experienced. I think that obviously with that they do need more time, more matches, more opportunities. And that's why I get that they were doing the tournament on YouTube. Like, I get it. They were trying to get, you know, more experience for the women. But I do think that they need more women that can actually help, more women with experience that can help the younger women get over and work better. And then also... I do agree a little bit with the sense that sometimes people may not be wanting to do something because they're gun shy, or they're worried about social media perspective and all of that, that has to be part of it, too. But I do don't think that it's the major reason as to why they haven't been putting a big focus on the women's division, especially too. Because prior to AEW, one of the things that was pushed immediately from the start was the idea that they were going to put a big emphasis on the women's division. I remember Kenny talking about it and saying that it was going to be, you know, all of this great stuff. And then it ended up just being not on par with anything that WWE is doing, anything that Impact Wrestling is doing. And I just think that right now with what the women are doing and what they have accomplished, it should not be that hard to get the women over So then with that being said, I feel it almost has to go back to the performance as well.
1: Yeah. And and to like Ryan's point, some of the things he's brought up there, you know, like Riho did face backlash from fans because she wasn't booked, you know, she wasn't on the shows because of her schedule. But like that was AEW's decision to put the title on her. Like they put the title on her knowing that she wasn't going to be around for the next, you know, four to eight weeks. So that was an error made by the company to put the title on her. Should have put it on Nyla Rose because Nyla Rose was going to be there. And you can put Nyla Rose on TV and get that title over. Um, the Brit Baker thing, I think again, that was AEW's presentation of her. I don't think fans were just like instantly against Britt Baker. I just don't think the presentation of her was particularly great. The Nightmare Collective again, I think, comes down to bad creative. I don't think that they I don't think they really thought it through because you had Brandy out there doing this cutting thing, but she was also still a second to Cody Rose. And so you're like, well what character is she then is she this spooky character that's cutting people's hair or is she uh yeah. cody rhodes's wife like it, it so it didn't really work and I, th- I think that the i mean look going into War Out, the women's the women's title match has had three weeks worth of build and they've had three months to sort it out like that to me it's that that's not acceptable it's not good enough and no it's I not think, you could you could say that there's fan backlash, this that and the other, but at the end of the day, I think that comes down to the company itself. The company made that decision to only give that that match three weeks worth of build.
2: And here's the thing, too, is that it's not like the AEW Women's Division or AEW in general is the only company getting backlash. I mean, we've heard so – I mean, come on, think about the backlash that WWE is getting. I mean, look at all the backlash they got for how they handled Mickey James' return. That's just one example. So I almost think that, yes, you can get that backlash, and you can either have it affect you, and you can, you know, just drop whatever idea you were going with – or you can maybe listen to the people and change it or just make it work better. If, if you know, if they thought that something was a good idea, but it just wasn't connecting with the fans, okay, like either if you really, if you have a vision for it, then go for it. But if, if the vision isn't there, then I think it's going to be transparent for the audience and the audience is going to be, they're not going to really buy it. So it almost feels like the creative hasn't necessarily struck in terms of the women's division. They have to have something that is going to, to actually capture the fans attentions and if they don't do it a 100% then the fans are going to see right through it and i think that's probably what we've been seeing uh with all the examples that you just mentioned and that he just mentioned.
1: Absolutely. Uh Ket says uh, if you had to pick one WrestleMania main event that you could change, what would it be?
2: I have, okay, so i have the Miz versus John Cena WrestleMania 27 and <laughs> I mean, think about it. The The Rock was the closing image of that. It wasn't even the Miz who had won the title. So I think, if anything, that would probably be mine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got two that spring to mind. Um, the, the The triple threat last year. Just make it Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, and have Becky Lynch tap out Ronda Rousey to win the Raw Women's Championship. Like that's, I think that's what we wanted to see, as opposed to the triple threat and the sort of like botched finish. Uh, and the other one that sprung to mind is uh, WrestleMania X Eight. I would have had Rock Hogan as the main event over Triple H Jericho. Like I, I can't fathom how a company looked at that card and was like, <laughs> "Well, Jericho Triple H probably should be the main event." I'm like, "You got Rock Hogan on this. Like that's gonna be the biggest match of the night." And then
2: I think that's like where the whole argument has been to like, what should the WrestleMania main event be? Should it be, you know, for the most important title or should it be the hottest feud And I almost feel like that has been sort of a discussion that I've seen. And I mean, see, and I'm going to disagree with you on the WrestleMania one for the three way only because I am a Charlotte Flair fan. And I, yeah, you forgot about that. (laughs) So I'm not going to eliminate Charlotte Flair. Okay. (laughs) I mean, the girl's amazing, but I do get what you're saying in terms of obviously the main focus was Ronda Rousey Becky Lynch but I do think that Charlotte brought in something she brought in something else to it uh she I I I, I liked it I can't complain hey, I can't complain hey, she's on great. that great.
1: one I mean she's she's great I did a whole video about it she's great uh, <laughs> Flame Inc. Live said, uh, recently, I just stopped watching wrestling. It's been something that I've been watching on and off for the last 30-ish years. I grew up on WCW pre-Nitro days. Uh, I don't know if it's the non-crowds, if it's killing the product, burnout, or what it is, but I now just watch the news, reviews, and live streams and the reports that you guys do. I wonder, what is something that you have grown up with for the last 30 years that you've just given up on?
2: I don't think I've given up on anything. I mean there's things that I've given up with but they weren't things that were in my life for that long. I mean, I used to write a lot and then I stopped writing for pleasure. I wrote only for work. So I'm been mm-hmm. thinking about picking that up again. But was it was cool. but isn't it isn't something that I would say I'm as connected to as, you know, his example yeah. of wrestling.
1: I think the only thing that could really spring to mind is is Star Wars actually I really mean, like, like like star wars has been something that's been a part of my life for like forever like forever and a day i've been a, a star wars fan and you know the star wars geek i was the, the kid that was picked on at school for being the star wars nerd <laughs> and um but like now like the, the last the, the, the disney trilogy didn't really i didn't like it as much as i thought i was going to particularly i thought the last one was really bad so um, would you
2: hate me if i told you that i've never seen any of the original star wars and i've only oh. seen the
1: disney ones no, absolutely not. I mean, my wife didn't watch Star Wars to, like until she was in her, <laughs> her mid twenties. Um, yeah, I, it's I, I, although it's it's time to It's time to get around to watching them. Um, but yeah, it's um, so I think Star Wars, like Star Wars fandom, has really made me not like Star Wars anymore. Like the, the, the fans movie. itself. Yeah, well, and I, I I've been seeing it for the last twenty odd years. Like when the Phantom Menace came out, like being part of the online discourse of that, it was so toxic and so hateful. That I, that I think the warning signs were there, but I think that toxicity has gotten worse over the last 20 years, and it's made me not want to be a Star Wars fan anymore. So would you
2: say the Star Wars fandom is a lot more troublesome than the wrestling fandom?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, both of them send death threats, both of them send pointless death threats to people that don't deserve them. Um, but yeah, is, is Star Wars fandom worse than wrestling? It might be you know it might be really well, i because i don't fandom, know about menace that awful oh wow. uh, yeah uh, there's a group that called themselves the fandom menace who are awful awful people who just like they they send like they're the people who like bullied kelly marie tran off social media and like they're the people who were sending death threats to john boyega and boycotting it because it was a black stormtrooper sort of thing like they they're they're bad people
2: That's just crazy to me. I can't imagine being a fan of something and attacking all the people that are involved in it. I mean, that's just crazy. But I'm sure like every fandom in this world has those like few like nutcases that are like the extremist of the (laughs) fandom.
1: Uh, Robert Ray says, um, "I've not had a question for a while, but I thought of one. I hope it's not been asked before. With Tyson Fury and Drew McIntyre having a Twitter back and forth, when is do a big match in the UK and Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole happening at Takeover? If you could have one male and female celebrity um, to have an interaction with the crazy world of professional wrestling, who do you think would be good at it? For example: cutting a promo, in-ring quality, and uh, yet yeah, the popularity of non-wrestling fans watching. Who would you pick?"
2: Oh, that's a good question. It's a
1: great question.
2: I am thinking. I mean, I'm trying to think. Who's like a really good? I feel like in terms of in ring wise, you would have to pick somebody that is like an action actress, maybe.
1: Yeah, pretty athletic. Like, is there everything? It's Dancing with the Stars. Like over here, it's called um, Strictly Come Dancing. But like something from that, where you've got like a because like dancing is is hard, hard balls, like like that. So I think if you're really good at that. That's something that's probably a transferable skill into like in ring performance, maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe, right? Because I was thinking more like, more of obviously these action actors, most of them, you know, obviously they have stunt doubles and all of that. But I think that the idea of them being like this action superhero might, you know, transfer well. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to go, I'm going to make a random one. I'm going to go with Chris Hemsworth.
1: Oh, that's good. For the
2: guys. And then, for in terms of promo work, who would be a good promo? I
1: mean, I mean, Hemsworth would be a great promo. He's got great, you think? Timing. yeah, he's got really good timing. He's got, I think he's got a really good, like, and he's good at improv as well. I think so. I think he'd be quite good at promo. And if we're going to go, uh, Hemsworth, let's go with his uh, Thor Ragnarok co star Tessa Thompson. I think she'd be awesome.
2: There you go. We got the celebrity duo.
1: There you go. It's the Thor Ragnarok team. Um, <laughs> Brian Aspiration said, is Oli Davis turning heel or fully turned heel? Oh, that would make him sound like he's a character. He's not a character. He's a real human being and a big dickhead. Alex Kirkman <laughs> said, when Vince McMahon uh, leaves, do you think the Triple H will take creative control? And Do you think he'll have uh, give more control to the talent and will it be better?
2: I think that it would obviously be more in line with what you're seeing on NXT when Triple H was the main person in charge and, you know, mainly his creative vision. However, I do think it would go to Triple H. But here's the thing about Triple H that I think is cool is that I think he would uh, turn to people that, you know, that can also help him, you know further grow the product, you know, somebody like a Jeremy Borash, a road dog, Shawn Michaels. And I think the fact that he would have that input and all of those people's input, I think would make the product a lot better.
1: I think he'd also be a bit more open-minded to like possibly not maybe not so much like working with other companies but sort of like forming working relationships with them that they could possibly do something here and there like I'd like to think that he'd be a bit more open-minded to that but I suppose we'll we'll certainly see because you know the WWE mindset has always been like we'll work with you but then we will buy you um (laughs) (laughs) poor old Evolve um so yeah although i'm gonna a bit of a tease here adam's next booking video is on that subject so head on over to parts fun and subscribe to that uh because that'll be out i think later this month um abiram says hey luke and denise i don't remember when uh but sometime today i heard you guys be, uh, team name being called uh, team luke knees but i think team Danuke sounds way better and that's what Den- i think i should be nominated uh <laughs> <laughs> so, a good luck obliterating that 33, 33 year old out of touch man at all out. Thank you very much, Abhiram. I will destroy him. But I'm, I'm going to disagree. I think Luke Knees is better than, than Danuk. We had this on the Wrestle Luke stream.
2: I think we need to do a poll for somebody to pick our team name because I had Duke in mind, and I and so I feel like everybody has like different, a different uh, idea of what our team name should be. So I think we should put it to a vote and let the people right. decide.
1: Let's put this up on Twitter. It's gonna be. <laughs> Is it team uh, Luke Knees or team Danuk? We'll Danuke <laughs>
2: Danuk sounds very violent though, don't you think?
1: I know. We're too nice to be that violent. That's why yeah. I think Luke Knees works.
2: Danuke sounds like a weapon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Irakli says, uh, now we have the fully heal Roman as champion. What will happen if Otis cashes in and beats him?
2: I don't think Otis is beating Roman Reigns whatsoever. I don't think they've done anything with Otis that would even make us think that that's even going to be a possibility. I think it was like, you know, he had a really good uh, couple of nights. You know, he he got the girl, he got the briefcase, he was living the dream, and all of that. But I think it's it gave us a couple of laughs, a couple of hahas, and that's about that's about the extent of that.
1: Yeah, that's that is an exposure of non long term book or short term storytelling, which is that they had the feud with Ziggler uh, to get the Mandy Rose and to get the briefcase. And then what feud has he had since then? Like he has literally just moved on to nothing. He's just faded into the background and he's got the money in the bank briefcase and he is just faded into obscurity. I'm not even sure they know he's got the briefcase at this point. I almost
2: feel like it was just done to give us a laugh. Honestly, that's all I feel, and that's very unfortunate, though, to say because Otis is a very good character. I mean, it's not very often that you find somebody that just makes you laugh and makes everyone. He's got a gen. He's got charisma. He's got mm-hmm. it. So, right. um, so yeah. So that's not to take away anything from Otis. It's just that he hasn't. It's he's not necessarily somebody that you take seriously in order to see in that title picture
1: uh i'm gonna make a bold prediction this is actually i'm gonna go out on a limb here now this is my bold prediction for is it night of champions is the next one yeah night of champions that randy is going to beat drew McIntyre and then otis is going to cash in on randy orton that's my big bold prediction for night <laughs> of champions
2: that's a good prediction we'll take it <laughs> though i said a well, clash like- of champions
1: what did I say? Oh no, yeah, you're right. right yeah, I was, I was no, thinking
2: about it. No, I was no like, I thought I was wrong. I was like, wait, isn't it clash of class of clash of I can't even say it anymore. Clash of champions.
1: It's the same show, Denise. <laughs>
2: Whatever. Something <laughs> champions. There we go. The champions.
1: <laughs> blah, 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 blah of champions. Uh Jabba JJ says, Hello, Luke and Denise. My question is about the main event of SummerSlam 2010, which we've reviewed on the Patreon podcast this uh or last month. Um, the Nexus in the match was never on par with Team WW besides Skip Sheffield. The best uh, they got best uh all the WWE eliminations were smoke and mirrors. Well, here you go, got some clean eliminations. It reminded me of the invasion and the happy ending is just nonsense. Any possible that Vince was told to get rid of the act and stop them to push sponsors after the next... Okay, so I think Jabba's question is because the um, uh, Mattel got very upset after the Daniel Bryan choking incident um, when they first debuted on Raw. So do you think that it was an act of like Vince got sort of like gun, gun shy of it perhaps and was told to, to drop the act? personally no i just think that the, the act was always there to get over john cena it was for john cena to vanquish at Summerslam.
2: i think that vince just didn't see them as big enough stars and maybe didn't expect them to get over as much as they did and that's why that just just dropped that's my yeah. assumption
1: absolutely i think it's it's very much that they were there to be a very short-term thing possibly create a out of wade barrett and justin gabriel and skip and then the rest of them were just there to kind of fill numbers, like, fill bodies. It shows, like, in the match itself, Darren Young and Michael Tava are out with, like, the first 30 seconds of the match. Like, it's, it, they weren't there to, to get over. I think the group was just there to just create another thing for John Cena to beat.
2: Exactly. Basically. Yeah.
1: Tom Delves. Uh, hey, guys. Um, a special hello to Rust Talk's newest member, Denise. Yay, um, Hey. I hope you're all staying healthy and happy in these strange times. My question for you is, who do you think will be the final three or four in the Royal Rumble? Alternatively, who would you like to be the final few in the Rumble? I have a sneaking suspicion that it may be Keith Lee, Big E and Brock Lesnar. I can certainly see Big E uh, and Keith Lee being in that final four of the Rumble this year. I I think they've got, they've got big, big plans for both of them. Uh, You
2: think even for Big E?
1: Oh yeah. I, I, I know it's fan booking at the moment, but I would love it to be Roman versus Big E at WrestleMania next year. I think that would be amazing.
2: I think it would be a good, a good like uh like slap in the face to all the haters that didn't think that Big E had what it took to, exactly. you know, to be a champion. Uh, but I think that hey, cap book of tea. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, you know, considering that the draft is I wasn't gonna mention any names, Luke. <laughs>
1: On, we're all thinking it,
2: I know. I was just trying to, you know, not mention any names. <laughs> but I like how you just said it though. And then it, it took me a second to register. <laughs> I was like already moving on to the next thing. <laughs> but yeah, Booker T. Okay, that's that's what I was in, that's what I was referencing to. Um, but okay, so obviously, I think it's still too early to tell, given that they still have the drafts coming up. I think in what in November. So, but. I'm just going to go ahead and say Keith Lee, definitely Adam Cole, because what else is there for him right now? Mm -hmm. Uh, Edge could be like that, you know, big moment for him. And then considering how hot of a streak he's been on uh, Randy Orton.
1: Yeah. Unless he's champion. Absolutely. I could see Randy being in there. Uh, The other name I'm going to throw in there is I'd like to see Andrade uh, in that final four. Yes. Like it's because I think the final four he doesn't need to win, but like I think coming close might actually do some good, some good stock for him, like in terms of then the push into WrestleMania. At least that's what I'd like to think, anyway. Exactly. Alan uh, says, Hey, Luke and Denise, whoever wins the AEW championship on Saturday, who do you think is going to be their next challenger? For me, it's Hangman Page.
2: I love Hangman Page, but I'm gonna have to go with I'm hoping it would either be Brian Cage or a heel kenny omega
1: Ooh, yeah like the next big title feud. because obviously it's, whoever wins the the battle royal will be the next challenger but who's gonna be the next big feud ah uh, i do you know what? i'd really like to see it be someone from pen uh, from uh eddie kingston's group like, would- like a like a like a pentagon junior going up against um like if moxley retains moxley facing off against eddie kingston's group would be that'd be awesome
2: Oh yeah, I can definitely see it, but I think he's gonna retain. I know your prediction is MJF, but I'm still. I think it's Moxley.
1: If MJF Wolf costs me my job, I'm gonna be so annoyed if MJF costs me my job.
2: <laughs> oh, I could just imagine like if you tweet him that, what his response would be.
1: <laughs> he's I already had imagine. a go at me. And, he's had a go at me in interviews before and told me my opinion doesn't matter. I don't need him costing me my job as well. Um. <laughs> Question from Marcus Campbell. Uh, where does The Fiend go from here now that he's not? I mean, I think back into the universal picture with I mean, I know that he's not part of the four way uh, for the title shot um, against Roman this, you know, on uh, Friday night. But I, I think that they're going to be keeping him in that title picture. The report is he's going to be the number one baby face on the SmackDown brand. So clearly, I mean, I'd say clearly they've got some plans for him.
2: I think that they're doing, they're definitely going to go with the whole Alexa Bliss romance thing. I think that's Mm -hmm. definitely clear. Um, In terms of what's going to happen with him, I don't know. But I do not want to see him and Roman Reigns right now. I think that they need to be kept away from each other. And that was one of my big, like, uh criticisms that i had of SummerSlam, where i didn't think that the i didn't think that roman reigns and the fiend should have necessarily had any sort of interaction uh just to sort of keep that suspense there uh so keep them away that's that's mm-hmm. all i have to say right now
1: yeah i think that's a really smart move like really extend that feud out um have you got any predictions for who's going to win the four-way on smackdown
2: no what are your predictions
1: I mean, I, I've, I've got a, a, a real horrible sinking feeling it's going to be Baron Corbin because it, it's it's Corbin, Big E, Matt Riddle, and Sheamus. I've got this horrible feeling it's going to be Baron Corbin.
2: If it's Baron Corbin, I mean, I, I like the guy, but in terms of, you know, wanting him to win, I would hope not. I mean, I think the pick would be Matt Riddle. That would be like the fan pick, but you never, you know, it's not always the fan pick.
1: Uh, Chris Duncan says, "Do you think that WWE missed the boat with Mauro Ranallo? Um, if you take away his the mental it, the mental health issues that he had, he was one of the best commentators WWE had in the past few years. Or do you think he could have been one of the best commentators WWE had? I um, I mean, they, they I think they they tried with Mauro. They put him onto SmackDown, but I I don't think teaming him with JBL was the completely right move because JBL is JBL." But I think he was doing great stuff down in WWE. And I even think that, you know, now that he's gone from the company, I still think he'll be remembered as one of like the best commentators in NXT history. I think people will very much remember Mauro uh, fondly and his WWE commentary.
2: He's definitely not somebody that can be duplicated. If anyone even tries to be the next Maro Ronaldo, it's just not, it's not going to work. You can't, he's not, you can't imitate that you can't try and impersonate that i think we would the fans would see right through it and so given that he set a new standard in terms of i mean he brought so much excitement so much color to to his commentary and he's he's not just you know some guy that started commentating wrestling like he's a legit sports broadcaster and with that comes a a layer of respect for his work that if that you don't necessarily have if you don't have that sports broadcasting background. And so with that being said, I I don't think that they missed the boat with him necessarily because he, like you just said, he did wonderful things in in NXT. But I do think that he is going to leave a void, especially when it comes to those really big NXT moments. I don't think that anybody right now on the commentary can necessarily uh, put over stuff the way that Marl did.
1: I was at the um, at the NXT UK show that they did in uh, the Royal Albert Hall um, a couple of years ago. Where they main evented with Mustache Mountain versus the Undisputed Era, which is a cracking match because, of course, it was. And um, Mauro Ranallo was doing commentary for that. And I could hear Mauro doing commentary. Like, from where I was sat, I could hear him doing commentary and shouting Mamma Mia. And so could everyone else, because as soon as he said it, the crowd started chanting, uh, chanting Mamma Mia at him. He That's is- awesome. He's infectious. He's so loud, but he's so so good at what he does. Like the when NXT used to post up those videos of just like his camera that he had in front of him, and it was just him, you know, like looking at the ring, just screaming with all this passion and energy. And then we're just like occasionally just go like, "This is incredible, Nigel."
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's the thing, though, is that that that's natural energy, and that's not just him being loud just to be loud. Like, no, that was the fan coming out of him. So, yeah. I, I mean. I'm going to
1: miss them. I'm going to miss him as well. Particularly him and Nigel working together. Oh, they were oh such yeah. A good yes. uh, Reed uh, says, this may be me ranting a little bit, but what on earth was WWE's plan for the women's tag team titles? It honestly feels like all they've done since introducing them is break up the teams. So they've got zero stories and zero teams. Is it possible they were only introduced out of spite because... Uh, uh, out of spite by vince to stop people wanting to see women's tag team wrestling and burying the concept into the ground that's honestly what it feels like i i think they were very much introduced because uh bailey and sasha banks were petitioning for them backstage and they you know they wanted to kind of push that because they didn't want getting any sort of like main title story runs um but whether vince is burying them out of spite i don't think it's a case of that i just think that they introduced them without any long-term plan and that honestly it feels like they they've never really had a purpose
2: it, it wasn't well thought out that's what it no. is it wasn't well thought out there wasn't all this you know effort put into that it was kind of like okay here are the bouts here are the first champions being crowned okay now let's crown other champions and that's it it doesn't feel feel like there was an actual purpose to it uh i don't think i don't think he would want to necessarily bury them i mean at the, at the end of the day they're still his belts they're still in his company they're still his talent and you're not going to want to do that you're going to want to put on a good show and so with that being said i just think it wasn't thought out
1: yeah uh, Dre Smith saying, uh, looks, uh, um, sorry, try again. Hey, wonderful folks at Rust Talk. Thank you for the amazing content. Uh, watching AEW, any big female angle Brandy Rhodes is a part of? She seems like a cool human being and a creative mind, but wondering, is Brandy Rhodes good as an in-ring or mic performer? I think she's great on mic. I, guess, yeah, I think she's a really good promo.
2: Yeah. I like her, you know, her presence, especially when she was doing like more of like the managerial type of role. I think when she does stuff like that, she does it really well in terms of in ring, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but I think I don't, I'm not going to take anything away from Brandy because I do think that the stuff that she has done on the mic has been good.
1: Yeah. I think she's got a good business mind about her as well. Um, that's not to say that I think every business decision she's made is good, but like, yeah. you know, no no one's made good business decisions at every single turn. Um, and finally, Austin Tussey says everyone has said that Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada was one of the best long term stories in wrestling. It would be hard to have a storyline and a series of matches much better, but... The Hangman Page Omega FTI Young Buck storyline and have they beaten the have they beaten the Kenny Akada story? It's got years of context, several incredible matches, and we aren't done yet. Assuming this ends in Kenny versus hangman for the world title in a year's time, will this overtake Kenny versus Okada? Follow-up, does this make Kenny Omega the best storyteller in wrestling?
2: So I don't think it would overtake Kenny, Kenny and Okada. I don't see it happening. And in terms of him being the best storyteller, i it's hard for me to say because I do feel that Kenny Omega doesn't feel like the same exact star that he was before. I feel, if anything, he has sort of... Uh, his star power has sort of diminished a bit in my personal opinion. It doesn't feel as grand as it felt when he was in new Japan and all the work that he was doing there. And so for me, it's hard to say that he would be the greatest storyteller. However, I know that when he goes out there and he wants to put on like, you know, do like the greatest thing, whatever, whatever, I know that he can do it. So, uh, I do look forward to that and what they're going to do eventually with him. But I just think right now, a lot of his momentum has sort of felt like it's gone down a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I can agree with with some of that. And also, I think to say that Kenny is the greatest storyteller in regards to the Akada stuff, like I think a lot of that has to go to Gato and the, the booking. Like he was the man who kind of mapped out we're going to have this match here. Then it's going to lead to this match here. That'll lead to this match here and, and plotted that out. So Kenny and Okada were doing all the in ring work, but I think Gato to kind of like diminish Gato's work in that, I think is it is not the right thing to do. And the same thing here, like, you know, this is a lot of Tony Khan's fingerprints are over this feud that we've got uh, in this tag team division, which I do think is, is incredible. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. Actually, I hadn't really considered it, but Austin kind of pointed out there that it's, it's an amazing story and we're not done yet. And that excites me even further because I'm i i it's the match I'm most looking forward to this Saturday is that Omega and Page versus FTR match I cannot wait for it and I really hope just to to echo your point I really hope that we're going to see at main event Kenny Omega again the seven star best bout machine Kenny Omega again I I really hope we can
2: exactly because I know when he does it like man those are some of my favorite matches and so when he does it he does it good <laughs>
1: It's going to be super hot today, but I'm looking outside and it is gloomy as all hell here in the UK. It is so like, I know I'm wearing this vest now, like for the, for the character, but oh man, it's chilly. It's so chilly. I'm wearing cardigans at the moment. It's so cold.
2: I might want to switch lives with you this weekend because <laughs> I'm not kidding you. We're going to be at 110, both Saturday and Sunday. And the news is like, conserve your energy and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking... My AC, my power, better not go out because I don't have a pool. I'm not rich. What am I gonna do with my time? I can't go anywhere. So, so we got to conserve the energy and keep the ACs on and running.
1: I've just checked. I've just done the conversion because obviously we are Celsius rather than. than Oh, that's right.
2: Sorry, I forget about that.
1: 110 Fahrenheit is 43 degrees Celsius. That's insane. That's too hot. That's too hot. (laughs) Well, I mean, we had like the hottest day of the year here uh, this year. And I think it was something like 34 degrees. So like you're like 10 degrees hotter like that's that's too hot that's too
2: hot we don't okay so we have like the portable acs we don't even have like the the system ones that are in your house so you have to be in that room right in front of that ac to feel it if you leave to the bathroom we don't have a fan in the bathroom so being in the bathroom during this heat it's not going to work out for you you're going to lose tons of weight it's going to be a sauna in there and so we only have fans Like, my room, I don't have an AC in here. So when it's really hot, I don't spend any time whatsoever in here. I either go to my grandma's room or I go to the living room, and that's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But what are your plans for the weekend?
2: Um, My fiancé's spending the night, and we are going to watch movies. And then his his niece is going to have, like, a little – like, a two-person little – birthday party so we're just gonna give her a gift and basically something simple and that's about it what are your plans
1: uh well we're going to uh do some more house stuff over the weekend but like just chilling out although as of late my wife and i have started a rewatch of buffy the vampire slayer style. oh
2: the original one right
1: The original one yeah yeah and like I haven't seen it. So I watched it when it was first on like here in the UK. I think it got to the UK in about 98 on BBC two. So I was like there day one watching it, but I only made it up to about series four or five and then gave up. Whereas my wife has watched all of it and she was like, Oh yeah, but it gets really good after season five. So we're now we've started a rewatch of it from the very beginning. And I've got to say, I'm loving it. I'm really enjoying this rewatch.
2: I've never seen it, but you know what? Now that you're saying you're enjoying it and that it gets really good, I I, I think I'm kind of interested. I never watched, yeah. I only watched uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix with uh, Kiernan and Shipka, and I loved those ones, but I never saw Buffy the Vampire
1: Slayer. I, I think it's it's wonderfully 90s it's uh like the, i was talking about this with uh ollie on the aw podcast but there was an episode in the first series where this demon gets trapped into a book 100 years ago and then they scanned the book into a computer in present day so the demon gets into the internet and it's uh, it, uh yeah it's that basically that's the sort of show that you expect and i'm, I'm loving it at the moment it's great That's awesome. Um, but we have had an email in for you, Denise, from Jonathan Hedman, who says, uh, I hear Denise loves old TV shows, so here are some suggestions which are available on MeTV YouTube or just in a box set. It's comedy, I'd recommend The Monkeys. which is silly, has lots of fourth wall breaking moments, music videos, and uh, somewhat creators of music videos. Have you ever seen The Monkees?
2: No, I've never heard of it ever in my entire life, so this is great.
1: Yes, they were a manufactured band in the 60s. Like they were sort of like you know trying to capitalize on Beetlemania sort of thing, but they also had their own TV show. There was this sort of like, "Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. People say we're monkeying around." It was on channel <laughs> It was on Channel Four in the nineties as well. Wow. Um, and if you want some uh, British comedy, I like the suggestion. The Young Ones, which is uh, sort of he calls it gross British humour. Um, for I feel like i heard of
2: that. Are they on Netflix? Yeah.
1: I think i mean i don't know if they're on us netflix but i think they're on british netflix um with there's a difference Blackmail.
2: between there's a different oh, they're not just you... regular netflix i did not no. know that
1: oh yeah every country has like different stuff on the netflix you guys get way better stuff than we do
2: i had no idea i thought we all got the same thing
1: <laughs> no, that I'm doesn't make not. any
2: sense why would <laughs> we should all get the same thing <laughs>
1: so yeah so those are two recommendations for you the monkeys and the young ones i would recommend the young ones because i Perfect. think it's, it's great it's great 80s british comedy i'm uh, gonna write very, it down it's very irreverent and it's very off the wall but uh yeah it, it's a good sort of screenshot of what like 80s britain under thatcher was like
2: that's great i wrote it down yeah. i'll get back cool. to you
1: <laughs> yeah less than what you think and also bucky the vampire slayer which is great yeah yeah um, but yeah, I think we will draw this to a close. Um, hoping that I'll see you again next week. Um, yes, hopefully. You, know, I- you got to keep I-
2: your job, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I've got to try and keep my job this weekend. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Again, got to plug All Out this coming Saturday. Ollie and I are doing predictions. We're going to crown the first ever Jam that champion. My job is on the line. Are you going to be watching the show? You no, don't watching our live reactions, but are you going to be watching All Out live?
2: I will be watching All Out, and I will also be doing a recap, so it should be pretty fun.
1: Excellent. Doing the recap over on Instant Culture. Go and check that out. Once again, Denise, where can people find you?
2: Uh, I was about to say the wrong website. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So yeah, go over and support Denise. Uh, She's doing some great content at the moment. But that is all we've got time for for this episode. Uh, We'll be back with the AEW Review uh, over the weekend. Take care, everyone. I love
0: you. Goodbye.
1: a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Some places take you away.
0: Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges. Wide open beaches. Miles of warm, clear water. Water and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.